Welcome to the Living In Podcast, a show that helps successful real estate teams accelerate their growth and impact. Livian, love how you live in all aspects of life. I'm joined by Casey Mock. And Casey, for anyone who doesn't know you, who is Casey Mock? I'm a parent. I've got two kids, uh, five and eight, about to turn six and nine here next week. Um, Husband, my wife Elizabeth and I own the Mock Ranches Group. Uh, We live on a little ranch in Stephenville, Texas, North Texas. I'm excited because this has been the the first person on the podcast who I can talk anything farming about. And I don't mean like (laughs) real estate farming. I mean like actually farm and ranch. So um, this is not a topic that comes up a lot, especially within the kind of Bolivian ecosystem or within, you know, just residential real estate in general. So what the hell is farm and ranch? (laughs) National Association of Realtors, if you look at um, somewhere in their code, I don't know what heck it says, but it says under all is the land. Okay. Right? So everybody that owns a piece of real estate has got a survey. And the survey has a legal description. It's a legal description of what? Meets and bounds of the piece of property, whether that's in a, if that's a lot and block subdivision, if it's a commercial tract, or if it's a land under all is the land. And land is, uh, uh, you've heard the saying, probably buy land, they're not making any more of it. It's a very uh, finite asset. Yeah. You know, it's not infinite. They're not making any more of it. It's impossible unless Elon Musk dis- discovers, <laughs> that out. you know, figures out how to yeah. actually get us to Mars. Uh, we have a limited amount of it. And so the shirt that you're wearing could be synthetic, but uh, let's assume that it's cotton. The shirt that you're wearing and the blue jeans and uh, uh, this coffee and yeah. the steak that we ate last night, all those things have to be produced. Our food, our fiber has to be produced in the land, right? The other thing is your groundwater recharge okay. through the land. So you talk about private land ownership in the United States, and it's a critical component to our democracy, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how, do then, how does somebody get into the, that farm and ranch division? I want to hear you. I heard your story last night, and I said, okay, now we've got to sit down, and, and, and everyone else has to hear this because I think it's a fascinating story. Walk me through you know, kind of the backstory. How did you get here? into this conversation and into selling farm and ranch? Uh, the first real estate professional I ever met was Gary Keller. Okay, okay. <laughs> Serious, ser- he's the, the, he was the, the first okay. uh, realtor I ever met. How did that happen? Um, well, I, I'll back up, now that you know that, I'll, let me back up. I was raised on a really small farm uh, south, south of Austin here, 20 miles south of Austin in Hayes County, outside of the city of Kyle. So when I was 12 years old, I'd drive my dad's standard pickup to church had to cross the interstate. Now there's you know tens of thousands of people uh, between the interstate and our old farm, and our old farm is no longer a farm. But I grew up in a rural family. We hunted, we fished, we were involved in agriculture. So that was always the foundation of what we did. High school, college age, um, I was involved in agriculture, uh, but a lot of uh, outfitting, hunts, hunt guiding. Okay. There's a means to it, and I needed money. Okay. I needed money, and I was good at that. And um, so I could go guide hunts and satisfy my my uh, desire for adventure, right? It was fun, but you also made money. In the course of that, you met very wealthy and affluent people that shared your passion. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, um, but I always kept in touch with them. And when I was mm, 20 years old, maybe, I started a a monthly newsletter. Okay. Yeah, just a hunting report. Yeah, just a hunting report. I sent people a hunting report. And uh, many people really liked it, and they engaged, and so they started asking for more advice about that, and it created a culture. Wow. Still today, Eric, I'm 
I'm almost 40 years old. So for the last 20 years, the core of my SOI mm -hmm. is based on those people I met almost 20 years ago okay. as a kid hunting them. And those are still some of my very best clients and best friends. Yeah. So I did that. I got into uh, property management, kind of like your uh, a commercial or residential property manager. They manage the, the lawn, the facilities, the staff, the property taxes. We did that for farms and ranches. Okay. So we would manage their wildlife, their livestock, their property taxes. And I was working for a company. I was mm -hmm. selling a product and a service for them. That's how I met Gary. I had I had a consulting company. I was working for one. We we're both doing uh, doing jobs for the Browning Ranch here outside of Austin in, in Driftwood. And um, early on, I met Gary. Uh, I told the ranch manager who had hired me. His name was Andy. I, to do consulting. Yes, sir. Yeah, to do. Andy had hired me to be to be a consultant. Mm -hmm. Our, most of what we did for the ranch originally was around property taxes. So, okay. um, in the United States. Open space is very important. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you a little uh, property tax deal because this is part of the story I haven't told before. Yeah. In the United States, open space is very important. In the Western United States, most of that open space, the large majority of it, is publicly held. Publicly. Okay. National forest, BLM, state land, most of it's publicly held. Okay. You come in uh, to Texas, and as you move east, majority and up through the Midwest, majority of the open space is privately held. Yep. But it doesn't matter the ownership, private or public, stewardship of that's really important because that's where uh, wildlife lives. So okay. you have critically endangered species and healthy species that yep. we want to keep healthy. You have uh, trees, which are important, grasses, which are important, yeah. insects, bugs, groundwater recharge, all this stuff, health of streams, all that, right? So the state of Texas incentivizes landowners to be a good steward by lowering their property taxes if they manage for open space land through agriculture and wildlife. Okay. So it's like a 98% reduction in your property taxes. Texas has no state income tax. Mm -hmm. So we fund our schools and roads through property taxes, Avalorum taxes, right? And so if you have an open, an article, a section 1D1 open space valuation, it values your property taxes based on the productive capacity of a piece of property. So you go right. from paying a million dollars in property taxes to paying a few hundred dollars in property taxes. And the productive capacity of it is probably like set house by, minus. Set by yeah. the board, yeah. yeah. You still pay your tax rate. Mm -hmm. It's around 2% okay. in the state of Texas is an average. Um, every county slightly, but it's just average it at 2%. Yeah. Um, and it's around a 98% reduction in taxes. So it's important if you have large land holdings, whether if you're an affluent individual that has yeah. a really expensive recreational ranch, or if you are a farm and ranch family, okay, that you know farmers and ranchers yeah. break even a lot. Breaking even is a win a yep. lot, mm -hmm. and so they're in this for legacy. But if the property taxes were really expensive, like they are in Nebraska, for yeah. instance, they can't always afford to keep them. Okay, so the state incentivizes property owners to manage open space. That's what I did for okay. a company called Plateau Land and Wildlife, and I was um, managing the property taxes through wildlife management on one of Gary's places and. The property owner, uh, or excuse me, the property manager, the ranch manager, I told him one day, I said, hey, who's the owner of this place? Because <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. And mm -hmm. um, he said, well, it's Gary Keller. And I said, like Keller Williams Realty? He said, yeah. I was thinking, okay, he's got a real estate shop in Austin. That's yeah. What yeah. I, that was the extent of what I knew. Just thought it was a one That's location a, yeah. in a real estate company. Yep. Yeah, ignorant little kid. <laughs> and, How old um, were you at the time? I was... Uh, not no, 21 okay. or 2. Oh, 20, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, probably at that time. Maybe 22. Wow. I don't know. And so I asked uh, Andy, I said, well, let's, I'd like to meet Mr. this Mr. Keller. 
um, and make sure we're working toward his goals, not yours and mine. Because if I know one thing, okay. if we don't accomplish his goals, it's not good for either one of us. And I would like to continue yeah. working here. And so it took six months to a year to wow. get a meeting. I think there was some protection there of the relationship, mm -hmm. which is what a good manager should do. You know, they should protect the person. And um, uh, Gary walks, I'm expecting like somebody in a suit at his own ranch. I'm expecting like somebody in a suit and, you know, big <laughs> dominating personality, right? Because that's what I knew about brokers or thought I knew about brokers. And Gary walks in and Chuck Taylor's in a blue jeans and a black t-shirt, you know? And he's like, hey man, I'm Gary. I'm like, okay, Gary, I'm Casey. <laughs> where's the other guy? Yeah, where's the, you're the Gary? You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I, uh, I told Gary that to say, Gary, here's what I do for you currently. Um, if you want this to be the, it was a short meeting. So if you want this to be the best ranch in Central Texas, I can make it that. If that's your goal. If okay. your goal is compliance and property tax management, we can continue doing that. I just want to make sure we're working on your goal, not mine. And um, it was a very short meeting, casual short meeting okay. in, the, in the barn at the ranch. And the next week, uh, I called Andy to see how it went. And Andy said, you must have done good because he said to hire you. And I said, great. We'll just renew our service contract in the year. He said, no, no, no. He said, to hire you, you work here now. <laughs> so okay. that was the start of it. Okay. And, um, you know, I did everything from, from filling deer feeders to property taxes to doing all this. And I worked for other landowners, too. Okay. But I, my relationship with still. Gary got closer. Okay. Yes, sir. And um, I remember one day we were sitting in a deer blind. and I. What made you ask that question? That's an interesting question for a 20, young 20-some-year-old kid who's doing consulting and you know is, has been doing hunting why did you ask that question uh i'm i'm a very curious okay. learning based curious person yeah. so i, I want to know what people and i'm uh, i like to to collaborate and cooperate with yeah. people um i'm always the most cooperative person <laughs> my wife you might want tell to. you but uh, i'm learning based and i and i truly do like to help people accomplish yeah. their goals i think that a lot of that came from my parents I had awesome parents they're super, super present. Mm -hmm. And they did a very good job of, as we were kids, making examples of people, um, of other adults, both good and bad. And I remember, mm -hmm. you know, on the bad side, uh, there was a guy that we fished with all the time. And um, uh, his name was Ricky. Let me give you his last name. But <laughs> we fished with Ricky all the time. He was one of dad's old buddies. And one day we go to the coast because we love to fish. My dad's a fishing guide now at the coast full time in Corpus okay. Christi. So we go to the coast and Ricky's not there. I'm like, well, why is Ricky not here, dad? He said, well, son, Ricky got on drugs. If you do drugs, you don't get to fish. Okay. And I was very young. And I was yeah. like, well, no drugs for me, Dad. And still to this day, man, no drugs for me because I like to fish. And so they made examples like that. But they, awesome. also, they also made examples of, um, uh, and, and they, were, they were very good at like through 4-H, FFA, hunting, mm -hmm. fishing, exposing us as kids to adults and putting us in conversations with, yeah. with productive adults. And the right adults, even though you're a kid, will spend some time teaching you yeah and i've just never lost that cure i still have yeah. it today i'm really vulnerable with my top clients i'll call them share my goals share my finances okay i called some i called gary last week i said gary i need some fatherly advice here yeah. you know but i also called two of my other top clients and okay. i was very i show, i told them we're going to close on this property i'm curious if you would suggest if i finance it or pay cash mm -hmm. here's how much cash i told them here's how much cash i have Here's what my cash flow looks like. Yeah. Here's what our investment portfolio looks like. So they get a full, they know numbers, they get mm -hmm. a full risk profile. And I, I'm very, very vulnerable with them. And I think in being vulnerable, um, it puts them on your team. Oh, yeah. They look at themselves like, oh, I'm on this guy's board of directors and I'm going to dang sure make sure he's successful. That's right. And so um, I've always, always tried to operate that way. Yeah. 
I love that. Um, I, you know, I would love to just take this conversation down the road of, of FFA and, uh, and 4-H because mm -hmm. I'm going to venture to guess that we might be the only two 4-H members on the Livian podcast. Probably. Uh, <laughs> but Interesting. Who, Mindy Hager that works with yeah, Gary yeah. and supports us a lot. Uh, Mindy went to Tarleton State University. Okay, which is where you which went. Which is where right? I went. And, and asked Mindy one day, uh, Mindy was in Swine Lab. So okay. I tell people there's more, at the time when I was working with Gary, I said there's more people in the C-suite from this little ag school than there are any Ivy League schools. That's wild. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know where Tarleton State is. Stephenville, Texas. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. So, um, okay, so you asked this question of, of Gary and Gary says hire him. Yep. And so then you start doing anything and everything that needs done around the ranch. Is that yep. right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, and there's a staff there, okay. and, but I was, I was a part of the staff and a part of the team and I still had my consulting gig okay. with, with some other landowners and we continued to be drawn into, uh, uh, the real estate conversation with other people. Okay. You know, and so we'd have clients that we were hunting with or consulting for, and they'd say, I'm buying a ranch. Mm -hmm. Could you come tell me if this is a good one? Got is it. Is this yeah. the one I should, what's, how many cows? Does this accomplish run? the goal? Yes. And it might be cows, it might be Can horses. I build a lake okay. here? How many cattle is this going to mm -hmm. run? Can I, if I want to hunt? How do you know that? Um, I, I studied agriculture. I've okay. been in construction. My dad had a home building company. Okay. But man, we've done like, Every job on the farm, you name it, you yeah, probably did yeah, too. You know, yeah, hated all from building the like fence to hauling the hay to hammering yeah. the nails to driving the tractor. I mean, you do all of it. And so you start to learn, you know, it's hard. As a kid, it's yeah. a heck of a lot harder to, to do something here than it is there. Mm -hmm. So you start to migrate toward that, and then you just learn. You study it and okay. learn. I, I worked for the Texas AgriLife Extension Service for six months, who is, um, if you're not in Texas, uh, it's your it's your ag extension agent. Yeah. Every every uh, state has an extension office, and it's the state. It would be your state uh, agricultural resource in that mm -hmm. county. You know, if you got a question about your trees or your cows or something, and you like somebody for the state for my tax dollars should, yeah. pay, should answer this question. You called me. Okay. And so I, I didn't know many of the answers, but I was able to go find them. Yeah. And um, so anyway, we're getting dragged into the real estate conversation, and I just told Gary one day, I said, "Man, I'm getting, I'm like, I'm in the real did estate." You, did you come to know Gary though at this point? Like he yes, wasn't very just close. a handshake at this yes, point. Yes, sir. Because you're helping him build the the we're, greatest we're ranch working in on, Texas. We're right? working on the ranch, and um, and I'm also getting. I think Gary's very, Gary's a lot like my father was in that he's he was very intentional about who he put around John. Yeah. And, and I'm so proud of John. Yeah. And the role he's taken the company and the man that he is and the father that he is. He's Awesome. I'm so yeah. proud of him. Um, I knew John when he was in high school. Okay. And at that time, Gary was very, very intentional about who he put around John. And that's left a big impression on me, too. Yeah. Whether I was... up for you as a father, then? Uh, really intentional yeah. about... Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about that. When we, yeah. moved, we moved cities. I left a job and moved cities to make sure I can put my kids around the right people. Okay. It's six yeah. months ago. Yeah. So, um, but I think there was a component there of that. You know, I was hunting with John a bunch. I was fishing with him. And I think Gary was like... You're I'm a gonna, here you go. Yeah. I mean, truthfully, you know, if there's nothing's off limits, I think there was a big part of that, yeah, you know. I, I think Mitch said the exact same thing. Mitch Johnson, I think, on Absolutely. our podcast conversation months and months ago said the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Gary put Mitch in place mm -hmm. largely for the same reason, yeah. you know, because he could trust Mitch. Yeah. And, and so there's a lot to be learned for all of us. <laughs> yeah. You know, put people in your life around your family, around your finances mm -hmm. that you could trust to be there if you weren't. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, uh, we'd become very close, and so I just told Gary, hey, I'm getting pulled in the real estate conversation a lot, mm -hmm. and um, I'm going to pursue real estate. And he said, good, I've been waiting for you to 
have that aha. Yeah. Then I said, well, how do you do that? How do you do that? Yeah. And he looked at me and he said, I'll coach you, but if I've got to give you the answers, you're the wrong guy. Okay. I remember you stood up at a mastermind. Now it's probably been three or four years ago, but you stood up and because someone, and you know, I didn't, didn't know you. In fact, we didn't have a conversation really until yesterday. Right. And so, um, you, someone asked the question and the question was basically, how do I know when to fire someone or whether I need to give them more time and more resources? And, you know, Gary had this, this, um, you know, profound answer. And then you, you stood up and said, Hey, I remember the very first question I asked was that question right there, which yeah. was, how do I do that? And his response was, if I have to tell you, you're the wrong person. Yeah. And he's never told you how to do it ever since. Right? No. I mean, he's, he's, he's said variations of that a lot of different yeah. ways. The way I heard him say it about a month ago was a great coach tells you where to look without telling you what to see. Mm, interesting. What did that mean um, to you? Here at KW, mm-hmm. and even more intently in Libyan, we're model and system-based. Yeah. You know, you, you, we just wrapped up two days of talking about Libyan, right? And, and, and uh, the one-sentence answer about Libyan kind of changed for me a little bit. It just clarified. It's like, hey, if you want to partner with the guy that if, – if you believe that the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book is the path to building a great business – Livian is partnering with the guy that wrote the book and holds the models accountable. Yeah. So voila, right? And so I'm teaching, I'm, I've shown you over here, writing the book, where to look. Mm-hmm. As you move closer to me, there's actually accountability, accountability on looking there, but he's still not going to give us the answer. That's right. That's really clear, right? He's, That's right. And he said that today. If I've got to Absolutely. do it for you guys, understand, mm-hmm. I own it, not you. <laughs> yeah. And it so, comes with cost. That's right. Yeah, it does because everything, everything, everybody takes up space. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I, yeah, was, that was the the path. I ended up uh, meeting Mary Tennant. Um, okay, so he told you basically then you got to figure it out on your own. I'll coach you, but you have to figure it out. And yeah, then I, you uh, you did what? Well, so I went. Um, I was still working with the company Plateau. Okay. So Plateau had a sister company. It was a law firm that worked only on open space law, mm-hmm. uh, conservation stuff. Uh, property taxes, uh, 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 inheritance, tra- all, all issues related to, to landowners. So I went back to my partners at Plateau and said, hey, I'm going to get in real estate, which means I'm exiting this company, or I just partner with you guys. Okay. And so we ended up doing that. They okay. had a huge database, robust mm-hmm. systems. I didn't know how to run a business. I knew how to sell, okay. and I knew how to service landowners. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to run a business. Yeah. We're still, all of us fail through that every day still, <laughs> yeah, you know. And so I partnered with Plateau, and that ended up not being the path for me over time. Still great okay. friends. I still do stuff with them. That ended up not being the path. Um, but we were six months into real estate, and we're having quite a bit of success. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the first ranch that Craig Bowen, who was my partner then, Craig and I ever sold. Uh, it was for a uh, lady in Wimberley, and we sold this. I think our first sale was three and a half million dollars. Wow! And then we helped her repurchase on a ten thirty one exchange. So the first one was like a, you know, the first client six million bucks with a ten thirty one exchange is, involved. Yeah. You know, that's like pro level for a lot of people. That's that right. was our first. And at yeah. the end of the deal, at the end of the deal, she said, "You guys did a really good job. How many ranches have you sold this year?" Okay. I said, "Well." You're our first one. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were our first one. She trusted us because we had worked together in our service uh-huh. businesses. So it wasn't like we, you know, smoke and mirrors or anything. Yeah, but so we did that. Um, we're six months in. We're having some success. And I, I came back to Gary. Um, and I think I'm telling the story right. I came back to Gary and said, hey, man, um, having success. And he'd been coaching me along the yeah. way. 
But I said, hey, we're kind of running into a little issue here. And he said, well, tell me about this, man. Mm-hmm. And I said, we have nothing for farm and ranch support. Okay. I, I really don't know what I'm doing in a lot of areas, and we're having to fail through it. And willing to fail through it if that's the path. Okay. I'm willing to do that. But, you know, I see these other brokerages that have, they're just land brokers. They're mm-hmm. just farm and ranch brokers. That's all they do. So were I got to Keller think, Williams at the time? I've only been ever, okay. only ever okay. been with Keller Williams, yeah. Yep. And so I, I told Gary, um, I said, there's these other people that that's all they do is farm and ranch land. I yep. got to think that there's training and resources in tech or whatever, whatever there may be over there. We don't have that here. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, man, what? I forget what he said. You know, he's not going to answer. He didn't answer it, of course. Or if he did, well, what do you do about that? You know, yeah. type thing. You know, <laughs> what, how, how does that make you feel? You know, something like that. So I went and interviewed a bunch of them. Okay. You know, as if we were going to go yeah. there. Um, interviewed uh, several of the top firms in the country. I mean, you think of, if, if whoever's listening, think about, you know, who's the most recognizable at scale yeah. um, uh, brands in, in farm ranch land sales, and we talked to them. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like the financial model or the business model okay. at all at any of them. I liked that they had some resources. They had competency. Some of them had neat culture. Yeah. But I, they lost me at the business model okay. because they owned it. I didn't own it. Yep. They controlled everything. I had no control over anything. I'm like, well, it's not really what I'm going to sign up for. you know? Yeah. Because now remember, I, I wasn't trying to be arrogant or cocky, but we were bringing in a very robust big business. Big database, proven track record yeah. of landowners, you know, 20,000 landowners that we had in our data. It wasn't from like the newsletter and from yes, the consulting. Sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. So it's not like we were just a new agent saying, yeah. I'm here. Who wants to let me hang my shingle? You know, mm-hmm. and it was like, I'm giving you all of this and I own none you, of it. That's not past so 10, I came back to years, Gary. Yeah. Yeah. Came back to Gary and said, all right, you win, man. You've got the best business model. I fully believe okay. you got the best place to build wealth in real estate. You win. But you still have nothing for farm ranch land. Okay. And so um, I went and met with, he introduced me to Mary Tennant. My first, interesting, uh, my first mega camp, I still, I mean, I'm going to back up a year, back up a year, because it's a funny story. I, uh, Gary, Gary's like, hey, man, you should come to this thing. We're having an Austin. It's our company conference mm-hmm. at the Austin Convention Center. I'd never driven downtown in my life. To Austin? No. Nah. And you're 20 minutes away going 20, up there. I, yeah. I hate the city, you know. And so <laughs> okay. I've never driven downtown in my life. That's awesome. And so Gary's like, you need to go to this. I probably did for high school prom. I think we went to I think we went to dinner at Eddie V's downtown. And That's I, awesome. I drove a, a good friend of my dad's, had a really cool uh, Trans Am that I took to high school prom. So I probably drove down here then. Yeah. But that was the, that was the last time. And um, Gary's like, hey, you need to come to this thing. We're having our convention in, in, at the convention center. And so I, this is before I was licensed. And he tells me where to park when I, I parked backstage. Okay. And I walked in the door backstage. Now, back then, there wasn't great security at these events either, right? <laughs> okay. There is now. Yeah, there was not then. Yeah. Um, I, you know, came in backstage. I'm like, there's, there seems to be a roar out there in the crowd, you know? And all of a sudden, Gary walks out. And I'm like, all these people here to see Gary? <laughs> that was really my thought. I'm like, these people are all here to see Gary? Yeah. And that was my first, like, oh, this is a big deal. So at the time, he's just Gary, the guy who owns the ranch that you consult for. He's just for. Gary that owns yeah. the ranch that, mm-hmm. you know, farts in the beer bar my yeah. company type thing. Yeah. He's, he's just Gary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I knew he was successful, because, but I, I didn't know. That was my first, wow. Yeah. And then the second mega camp I go to, I'm taking real estate classes, but I'm not licensed. Okay. And I bought my first piece of real estate 
backstage behind Megacamp at a little round table with Gary sitting there talking through the Okay. It was a for sale by owner that we'd call and on. And he's teaching you how to repurchase agreement or something. Yeah, and Gary's okay. sitting there coaching me on this. Yeah. And we bought my first house. It was in Wimberley, Texas on, okay. on Butterfly Street. Backstage at Mega Camp with Gary sitting at the table right before he went on stage. Wow. That was my first, so he's my first realtor, my first. So, yeah, so I mean, when the guy says something, I tend to usually believe it. Yeah. Um, uh, I love the fact that he's just normal, Gary. Does he lead on the fact that he's a successful business person? or Does he do not really. No, not yeah. I mean, I mean, not not to the extent of the success he's had. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, he's confident. Yeah, of course, he, he's confident. But to the extent of success that he has had, he is extremely approachable. Yeah, and he's coach. He's 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 a coach. He's coachable he's also. That's right. He's yep. a teacher. He invests in us. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gary could Gary could go do whatever he wants to do. Why does he still show up here nine ten hours a day? He loves to teach. He loves Absolutely it. loved it. He, he has said before, when I die, they will ride on my headstone. He was a realtor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. This wasn't a goal to make a bunch of money and step away from it. It yeah. was a, he likes to invest in us and teach, right? Yeah. So I meet, uh, fast forward, I meet Mary Tennant. And um, turns out Mary had been working with uh, Danny Thompson, who was the okay. uh, director of operations or something here at, at Kidbury. I think that was his title. Great guy. Mary had been working with Danny, and Danny had a mastermind group around Farm and Ranch Brokers. And so there was like 10 in the country yeah. selling. And so I got involved in that, and we, we pitched some plans to KW that finally it was a division that we launched. Six months later, Mary calls me and asks me to run it. Okay. Yeah. So when I came in, when I, when I said yes, I'll come run that. Um, when I said yes, I will come run that company. Uh, that's when I stepped away from my partnership with Plateau, and I started Mock Ranches then, and we've always kind of run those in parallel. That's been the journey. We, we grew that from effectively a startup to uh, almost 500 agents, six and a half billion dollars in sales last wow. year as a, a segment, uh, mm-hmm. a community yeah. segment of KW. And then I stepped away talking about um, the impact of time with your kids and who you yeah. put them around. Um, and we thought we, we owned a little small, I would call it a ranch, it wasn't a ranch, but a little small place uh, that actually bordered Gary's ranch in mm-hmm. Driftwood. And man, we were involved in our community. Our team was here, served in our church, our schools. Are they trying to kick us out? No. Okay. Um, we, we were very involved in all that, right? And we, my wife and I, we, we started praying about where do we raise our kids? Okay. She grew up on a farm. I grew up on a farm. Super present parents. And, and we wanted to give them, our kids, that same opportunity. I, I don't mean this in a cocky way, but making money is not hard. Yeah. You know, keeping it. The distractions, <laughs> yeah. but if you're just set out, if all you did is set out to make money, mm-hmm. well, that's not hard to do. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways to do that. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Raising children is not easy. You get one crack at it. Yep. You get one crack. You don't get to go back. Yep. And I want my kids when they get old. I want dad to be their best friend. Okay. Yeah. How do you accomplish that? Um, I mean, I know that you don't know the answer, right? We'll we'll, we'll be able to know later it's in history. The, the only thing I know to do. Um, outside of, you know, praying grace over them every night is um, uh, presence. Yeah. What does that look like? So we sold our place here and we moved two and a half hours north to Stephenville, Texas. Mm -hmm. So it's a, there is a division one university there. Okay. But we bought a little ranch there and we're building a new house. We'll move into it in two weeks. And um, so we sold our, we sold our place here and we moved up there because there's fewer distractions. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a little ag community where you know, we get to be on horses and working with cows and hunting on a regular basis. And all that has a potential to be a distraction for your business, right? Yeah. But 
at the same time, we consulted with our leadership team. I've got a tremendous team, Max and Tricia and Elizabeth and Chad, and we consulted with them and with Gary. Yeah. And I told Gary when I did that, because that required me stepping away from right. Charlie Williams Realty International also. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that, that was... division. When I did that, yeah. I was like, I've got to step away from here. Mm -hmm. What was his response or advice? Uh, I first asked, you know, why would you do that? Yeah. And I said, well, Gary, you've told us forever, God, family, then business. And you told me that you built your company while never missing an event with your kids. And if there's one thing I'm going to model, it's going to be that. Yeah. And this is the way, this is the only place and way I know to go do that mm -hmm. today. With, there's different distractions today yeah. than when we were kids, you know. And so uh, there was a certain environment we wanted to raise our kids in. And so we made that move to do that. And in doing so, um, our business has continued to pace and even grow. And we've, and I, I think it's made me a better leader because I've had to lead, not do. Yeah. I've had to, in, lot, in more cases now, lead from a distance, which requires you to lead better, communicate more, more effectively, more often, um, and be smarter in our business yeah. and smarter with the numbers. I couldn't make it up with charisma. I couldn't make it up with time. I couldn't, I can't make it up so easily with just I'm sales. harder, yep. Yeah, I yep. couldn't just say, hey, if we need to make up some time, I'm going to go sell something yeah. today. It doesn't work that way now. Yeah. You have to so run a business. If you said, if you couldn't say leadership or leading from a distance, what has been kind of the, the few principles or the one principle that has been the, um, the key to growing consistently, even if, as you've distanced yourself from the business or from the day-to-day? -day? The right people. Okay. It's, it's, it's all about the right people. What, is that, what do they look like? Um, what, How do they show up? Yeah, you can hire, we can hire, I think you got to start with who you hire, right? You can hire three different categories of people. Let's break okay. it down. Um, unproven talent. Yep. To be somebody straight out of college that raised their hand and say, I want a job. Are you hiring? Yeah. Right? Um, you could hire, or even like, like you, a, like you were when you started consulting, right? Yeah, correct. Right. Yeah, yeah, correct. Now, you could say, though, that you could have classified me as emerging talent at yeah, that time. Yeah, there we go. That's the second part, right? Because different than most college students, I had been running quote a business i mean and i've been communicating with people yeah. in a way that was producing consistent revenue okay because of the consulting with hunting right correct and, okay staying in communication with people i think good uh sales people if you want to call us that like um realtors uh any, anybody that provides a service you have to earn the right to stay in conversation with people over time yeah. so that you're present in their life when they need you and you earn that right through education information entertainment and around a good service, right? Mm -hmm. And so you could say that right out of college I was doing that because yeah. I was communicating with people which pr was pr producing a predictable business return. Response, that's right. Yeah, didn't know what I was doing, but at least I yeah. was doing that. Um, so there's unproven talent. There's emerging talent, which you could look up and say, this this person's going somewhere. Yeah, they're on the right trajectory. They, they're on the right trajectory. That's trajectory is your word. If you, if you interview them and you go back and look at their last five years, is yeah. their trajectory up? Is it flat? Is it up? Is it down? What? Yeah, emerging talent. And then you've got proven talent. Yeah. Proven talent is somebody that's already mastered it, and you're going to go try to afford them. And oh, by the way, you're going to have to afford them and merge them into your culture, and that's the hardest way to do it. Yep. And it's the most expensive. The most expensive. The hardest. The it's immediate. Yep. Uh -huh. It is immediate. Yep. If it it is immediate. That's right. If it sticks. Yes. Yeah. If it sticks. Yep. Yes. So... Um, we try to hire emerging talent, people okay. that uh, are cultural fits. We put them through the career visioning process. Mm -hmm. 
Um, we lean heavily on that uh, cultural fits. And then Gary has always been, and, and not just Gary, I hate to always, you know, Gary, 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 but he is, he's extremely generous in everything yeah. that he does. Gary and other people that I worked for when I was young in business were very generous with their information, their time, also financially. Okay. They, they were willing to pay you well for a good service. Now, if you're going to pay somebody well, if you're going to pay the best, you should expect the best. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people look at life and say, what's the cheapest I can get this job done? What's the cheapest yeah. I can pay my admin? What's the cheapest I can, the least amount of money I can get somebody to come manage my ranch? Now think about that. Terrible business idea. Think about that. Think, <laughs> yeah. Look, fast forward now 15 years. Mm -hmm. If the question would have been, if Gary would ask the question 15 years ago, yeah. what's the cheapest I can get somebody to build my ranch, to, to manage my ranch? He wouldn't, he, I'm guessing he wouldn't have hired you, or if so, you probably still wouldn't be in Where, a relationship. Yeah. Yeah, and by the way, I never asked him what it paid. That's okay. the other cool thing. I've done a lot How of come? business deals with Gary. I've never once asked him, when I accepted a position or got into business with him, yeah. I never once asked him, what does it pay? Even the first time oh, you said hire him? Never Interesting. asked him. How come? Um, well, probably because whatever he was willing to pay me was more than I was making before. Okay. And so I was operating from scarcity then. Yeah. But fortunately, I didn't get burned. Yeah. I didn't get burned. I found out very quickly that this man is, he will pay you for the job that you do. And if you do a good job, he'll pay you more than anybody else will pay you to do it. Okay. And so I've, I've just, I've known that every time we've done business. Mm -hmm. And yeah, every time we've done business. How do you apply that same lesson in your business? I want to make sure that my, I want I want to make sure that my team makes the most money of anybody in the industry. Yeah. Now we expect a lot. We love have a them. great time. Yeah. I love them. I, I Max, Trisha, of course Elizabeth's my wife, Chad, our expansion partner in Houston. Like I legitimately love these people. Yeah, of course. They they hang out with us on the holidays. We travel together. You guys wear matching cowboy hats and. Yeah, yeah, son. Yeah. Max tries to be like <laughs> me. He'll laugh at that when he hears it. <laughs> That's awesome. No. Um, uh, but I want to make sure that we're creating millionaires yeah. inside of our business. And so we're very generous there. And then from there, if they master it, now everything under them is their business to run. Mm -hmm. Go do that same thing. So you walk away then from this opportunity at KWRI mm -hmm. so that you could be a dad and, yep. uh, and a husband and, and you're applying presence and, and trying to model that, yep. um, which, you know, as a dad, I certainly can't claim that I have that skill mastered by any means. So I'm going to... I'm gonna take that lesson and, and attempt to go apply it when I get home. Here's what I yeah. here's what I did. Uh, December thirty first, I guess, of two thousand and nineteen. I mean, month before COVID. Okay. Right. So we didn't know COVID was coming. Yeah, of course. But I was getting busier than I cared to be at that time, based on the age of my kid. You know, my kids mm -hmm. had been infants, but now they're wanting dad time. Okay. Dad would leave and they'd cry, and I'd get yeah. back and they they hug on you and I could tell they're not getting enough dad time. Yeah. And I wasn't getting enough kid time. Yeah. I wanted to be with my kids more than I wanted to be with anybody else. Yeah. I was getting to this point where I was going to burn out too. Mm -hmm. And if you called me tomorrow to go list a $5 million ranch and my kid wanted me home, I was a good chance. I might just go sit on the floor and play Legos. Yeah. And that's a bad, that's a dangerous place to be. It's you probably the right place to be, but it, but you shouldn't uh, be able to do both, well, right? Like, you can do, yeah. correct. Yeah. Turns out you can do both. Yeah. Turns out you can do the best job for the client and do yeah. the best job for your kids, mm -hmm. but you have to run a business. Yeah. You, there's the word. It's that's business. Welcome mm -hmm. to business, right? And so, uh, December of 2019, I came home. I was on way too many volunteer boards and committees. 
uh, just you name it, I was on it, you know, and I told my wife, um, I came home and I said, hey, I'm tired of traveling. I'm tired of being gone Mm -hmm. two nights a week for committee volunteer meetings. And the way I looked at it was um, there's 52 weeks in a year. If I'm gone two nights a week, that's a hundred and something meals, dinners. That you miss. I miss with my kids. Okay. Am I willing to trade a would I trade a hundred meals with my kids for that meeting? Heck no. Not even yeah. no when you look board, at it that way, yeah. no conversation. Yeah. I would rather support those organizations with my money. Mm-hmm. Or and not that we have infinite amounts of it, but we've been very blessed. But I'd rather just support those organizations with my money or a project. Yeah. If they have an annual event, say, hey. When we get to event time, let me help you fundraise or we can help yeah. you set chairs up. I'll help you on the project. Yep. I'm just not willing to miss 100 meals for my kids. So we stepped off of those, and I told Elizabeth, I'm also done traveling nights and weekends. Gary okay. built Keller, Keller Williams not doing it. I'm not going to do it either. <laughs> yeah. And that's hard to do as a realtor. Of course. It's harder to do in leadership mm-hmm. as a realtor and leadership. Yeah. So the only way to do it is that day I booked every evening as an appointment. And okay. every weekend is an appointment. On your calendar. On my calendar. With your family. Yes, sir. And then we booked our vacations throughout the next year. And those cool. are booked. Now, all of a sudden, work has to fit. That's all you got left. And what's left. Yep. And what's left is a full-time job. Mm-hmm. It's not a, You're not talking about four hours a day. Yeah, of course. What's left is a full-time job. Yep. And then some. But it made sure that what was the most important was, yeah. was prioritized. Now, we've since done the same thing with our finances, by the way. We read okay. the Profit First book. Yep. And so we do the same thing with, with our finances. We take profit first we, mm-hmm. we make we actually put money into our giving account and we tithe yeah. first and then profit account uh tax account all those things are funded yeah. so we funded our our giving our profit and our taxes all first mm-hmm. now the business has to operate on what's left yeah that forces the business to operate in a 60 percent 60 percent of budget yeah because that's all that's there and if the business operates outside of budget guess what it's got to come borrow money from me yeah and i funded this business 15 years ago Okay. I should not have to fund it again today. Okay. But if, if, you're, if you're maintaining, a, you know, 12 months or 18, at one time we had like 18 months of money in our operating account. Yeah. Way too much. Mm-hmm. Had, the one time, I think at one time we had $750,000 in our operating account as a very small business. Yeah. Just because we weren't paying ourselves. Okay. You know, Elizabeth we weren't taking, our, the, profit we weren't taking the profit. Yeah. And, and we weren't, and so Elizabeth, I wanted to buy an investment property, and Elizabeth's like, we can't afford that. I'm like, what do you mean you can't afford that? It's all in your business account. Oh, yeah. hold on. Well, yeah. you wouldn't know we had this, would you? Mm-hmm. And so that day we made her CFO. Okay. We, we, read, the, we read the Profit First book together, yeah. and then Gary did a mastermind series on it. Yep. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And we applied that, and it's changed our finances. Yeah. But it, with, your t- with your money or your time, if you require the business to fit in the time and the money that you're willing to give it, it has yeah. to which means it runs on model yeah, and it stays effective. And that also holds you as a leader accountable to giving other people opportunity because everybody runs out of time yeah, and you're like, okay, great. Now what's the next opportunity for my leaders to go hire? So, so what is we, next for you then? Um, we're, ex- I mean, our, our focus is on expansion teams. Okay. Um, in, which is an f- interesting thing inside of Libyan. Yeah. So we've been focused the last two years in bringing in the right expansion partners uh, starting around the state of Texas. So when I'm when I'm talking to talent, when I'm having talent conversations, most of the talent conversations I'm having are looking for partners okay. in certain regions, and then filling those partners' teams. Okay, we yes, are helping sir. them uh, recruit agents yes, or sir. operations, whatever yes, that is. Okay, and then phase two of that is 
national, which mm -hmm. involves Libyan and our teams, you know, national partners. Okay. What yeah. was it about? What was it about then the the opportunity to go from you know stepping out of this this full time desk job at KWRI, growing mm -hmm. the the division, and then being full time dad, and then kind of taking on a, a new role. What was it about that that Libyan expansion role that was intriguing enough for you to say yes to another commitment? Man, that's a really good question, Eric. <laughs> that's a really good question. No, we. Um, that's a great question. I, I, I looked at Libyan. I looked at Libyan first, right after I stepped out of KWRI. Okay. I actually looked at another platform real similar to it. Yeah. Okay. And I went to their event, and I liked a lot of the people in it, mm -hmm. but it wasn't the goals. My goals on theirs did not line up. Okay. Um, and so I come back. And I called Adam and I said, hey, Adam, well, actually, what I saw was I saw an Instagram post about Bobby Motes and okay. Bobby Motes had, had, had come on board with yeah. Libyan. And I called Bobby and I'm like, hey, I've seen this thing, Libyan. I just came back from, you know, mm -hmm. the other place. And, um, uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. I came back from that one. Yeah, yeah. So um, I called Bobby and I said, "Tell me about this thing, Libyan. What what is this?" And yeah. he, and it was it wasn't exactly what I thought it was. I, I didn't okay. I didn't exactly know what it was. It was better than what I was what my perception was. Yeah. And uh, but I just had tunnel vision, you know, in my role at KWRI. I just wasn't just wasn't watching it. And so I was impressed that Bobby joined. And I called Adam and talked to Adam about it. And I liked the opportunity. What I was so much so attracted to, um, Eric. I think our business, our industry is going to change a lot in the next 10 years, mm -hmm. a lot, um, a lot. I don't think you're going to recognize it. Yeah. You know, there's, there's parts of residential that you, that you would not have, if you back up 10 years today, there's a lot of parts of residential that you wouldn't recognize, right? The land business is behind that. So I got to think okay. ours is coming too. Okay. Ours is coming too. All the while residential, we build houses every day. We create more inventory. Mm -hmm. Land is shrinking inventory. So we have to continue yeah. to get smarter to build a business that we can invest in long term, a business that when I when I bring on my operations administrative team that I want to be I think I have the best team in the industry. Yeah. I, I I I fully believe we have the best team in the industry. They're not for hire, so don't call. Them. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but I I also hiring leadership is a big responsibility, mm -hmm. right? Because not only are you responsible for your family and the groceries and Christmas vacations that that you promised them, but also everybody else in your organization. Groceries and family. That's yeah, right. nobody got into business with you or I to have average finances, mm -hmm. average vacations, live in an average house, have average goals, come work for an average company with yeah. an average boss and average benefits. Nobody, yeah. nobody did that. Not at least not the people that I want to be in business with. They get into business with you because they think they 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 want to be. They want the experience that I was fortunate to have with Gary. That's yeah. what they want. When, when you hire somebody, when I do, they are internally, they're hoping for that experience. Mm -hmm. They're hoping to fast forward 15 years and their life is in a place that they could have never imagined. Mm -hmm. And so I want to be able to give that to my team. Unlimited incomes, um, growth opportunities, and something that's not going to age out. And so we looked at the imminent changes that I believe are coming to our industry and the battle that's ahead of us with technology, with inventory, with talent, with lead acquisition, with downward pressure on commissions, all these. I, I, I told somebody the other day, 
if you were to run a SWOT assessment on real estate, you would never get in it <laughs> because there's a lot more factors working against you than the ones that you can control. But fortunately, the things that we can control as realtors are still the tail that wags the dog. It's still the thing that makes business happen. So we wanted to be in the, in the right room going into that. I wanted to be on the right team going into that change. And I thought being in the room with Adam, with Gary, with you guys yeah. was the right room to go fight that battle in the future. So it's an investment in the future for us. I don't want to look up and I don't want to look up next year and think, oh my gosh, these guys over here are revolutionizing or they're doing something that we cannot touch. Mm -hmm. And now you're having to react to that. I wanted to be on the tip of that spear. And, um, and so it, for us, living was the opportunity to get into the right room, um, build, build other systems for our residential teams, uh, create leverage. Um, I, I, I think living, living as an example, let's yeah. use living as this example. I remember when I wanted to make my first hire, I went to Gary and he was my coach, you know, it was, yeah. it was, maybe he was my coach. And I, I said, Gary, I need an EA. I need to hire an assistant. I, I am busting at the seams here. He said, no, man, can't hire one. Okay. And I said, what do you mean? I can't hire one. Well, you haven't earned the right to have one yet. And I'm thinking, well, like hell, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm making yeah. money over here, you know, yeah. need this, you know, not, not the money we make. Different. I'm making yeah. that money. I can pay some of my own pocket, yeah. you know, he said, Casey, you haven't earned the right to do it because you haven't built systems. You're not operating systems and models. You're just working. If, and he said, I'll let you answer the question, Casey. He said, um, if you hired somebody tomorrow, what would they do? I, I didn't know what they would do. <laughs> of course, yeah. I was hoping they knew the answer to that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what I was hoping. I'm yeah. naive, right? Uh -huh. I was hoping they would have known no, the answer. What, me too, yeah. I don't know, what would you do tomorrow yeah. if I hire you, you know? Yeah. And he said, okay, there you go. So before you can hire somebody, you've got to go create an operations manual. And in order to create an operations manual, you've got to know what the heck you do every day. You gotta know what the numbers and conversions are that are gonna to lead to the money to pay for this person and what they're active. And so again, they're welcome to business. So when I look at Livian or a platform yeah. like this, I think Livian is your permission to go be a big producer in sales mm -hmm. and build a big business because you're plugging straight into the model. So like we said earlier, Gary wrote the MREA book now, a few of us, because it's not an unlimited opportunity. Yeah, of course. A few of us have the opportunity to partner with the man that wrote the book who is going to hold us accountable mm -hmm. to implementing those models to the T, which unless history doesn't repeat itself, <laughs> will be the most effective and most profitable way to be in real estate in the future. So for us, Libyan was an investment in the right room, is to get in the right room and get as close to that, as close to that, as possible.